Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, where we have a little chat with somebody who covers the opposing team to try to find out what we should expect from our matchup. And I am joined today by Allison Lucan from TheAthletic.com. She covers the Blue Jackets for The Athletic. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. A little behind the scenes, we just had the most hilarious recording trouble. I was... (laughs) It's always something with these things, but... Let's just dive right into the question. So um, since it's early in the season, I've been trying to ask people, you know, how their off season went for them. And you guys made a couple of um, pretty interesting acquisitions. You got Riley Nash and also Anthony Duclair. I think Anthony Duclair is a really interesting addition since he's kind of looking for a redemption story. Um, How have those guys been working out for you so far? Yeah, for sure. I was a big fan of both of these moves for different reasons. Um, First up with Duclair, I'll talk about him first, just because it's just a no-risk signing. It it kind of echoes back to not necessarily the same player, but when the Jackets signed Sam Gagne a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago. If it doesn't work, I mean, it's league minimum, it's one year. And if it works, it's great for the team and the player. And the interesting story that I've shared a couple places um, that was really cool to find out over the summer is that Duclair's agent is actually Vinny LeCavier's brother. Oh. And so when Duclair was kind of weighing his options this summer, um, they called Vinny and basically said, which team should he go to? And he said, if you want to be the best player you can be, you need to be coached by John Tortorella. Hmm. Um, so an interesting little wrinkle there. And that's why he, that's a big reason why he took the deal. I I think he's been really strong so far. He moved up. In fact, these past two games to the number one power play unit, um, Torts said that was a merit based decision. He's continued to show he's fast. He's continued to show he has a nose for the net, uh, which is really valuable for this team. I think if he can keep this up, um, which, you know, consistency is a big question with this guy. If he can keep this up, it's going to be a really nice ad. I I like it. um, And he is showing all the right signs. Uh, Riley Nash was a little bit of a different direction as to why I was excited about that. Uh, Last year, if people were paying attention, the Jackets were a team so depleted down the middle that Nick Foligno was playing center (laughs) for the most of the season. Um, So it was really nice to get some center depth and some quality center depth because we all saw what Riley Nash could do um, in last season with Boston, basically had some minutes on the top line as well. And we've already seen Riley Nash get moved up because Brandon Dubinsky is hurt now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like that. I I don't know that we've seen him really make a statement with his play yet. I think there's still more to come from him. Um, But he is moving up. He is providing the depth that was expected. And I'm hoping that he can get more comfortable and produce a little bit more. But at the very least, Nick Foligno's not back in center with, <laughs> with injuries already. So that in and of itself is a win. <laughs> yeah. Duclair is actually a guy that I would like to see do well. Just because when he came into the league, he had so much talent and such like a pedigree coming from junior. 
Um, it would be cool if he got it back together because I'm not sure what sure. happened to him. So for sure. Okay. Um, so the other big off season story for you guys kind of centered around Artemi Panarin and the fact that it kind of seemed like he was on the block all summer long. There was like a ton of rumors about him being traded. And I think that's mostly because he's been, um, kind of vocal about the fact that he wants to play in a big market. Um, which, you know, Columbus is not, there's really, I can only imagine like he's talking about, you know, like LA or New York, but, um, do you think all of the stuff surrounding him, the idea that he's probably on his way out the door, is that a distraction or is that not really affecting the team at all? Yeah, I, I don't, at least right now, I don't think it is. I think it's probably just going to be annoying more than anything because, as we know, every time a team comes into the city, that's going to be a question. And yeah. rightfully so, That, but that's going to be a question to Jackets players. Um, it's, it is an interesting thing because Panarin has basically said, I don't want to sign now, Mm -hmm. but he hasn't ruled out Columbus. He hasn't said where he might prefer to be. You're spot on. We've heard big city. We've heard near water. There have been lists and then the lists have been discredited, (laughs) um, that have been in the media. So it's, I don't know that it's a distraction for the guys in the room, barring some big disastrous event, but I think it's hard for fans of the team and my gosh, the front office, because you have a guy that talented and I I don't know how you manage to get the return for a guy that talented, particularly when if you're the team he wants to go to, you know, you can get him for nothing come July 1st. So that, that is what I think the distraction is not so much what's happening on the ice, but the long-term effects on kind of the asset management side of things. Um, kind of in the same vein, another guy that you guys um, would need to re-sign this season is Sergei Bobrovsky, um, who Flyers fans are familiar with. Um, <laughs> do you worry that he'll go, or do you think he's going to re-sign? Yeah, this is a little trickier. Um, Panarin, when we had media day, Panarin came in and was kind of all light and smiles and just, you know, I'm just here to play the game, and I just haven't decided yet. Um, Bob was a little bit more defiant might be too strong, but a little bit stronger in his message um, in the sense that we at the time got the vibe that he did not want to sign long-term in Columbus. Um, What we know for a fact is that past contract negotiations between the Jackets and Bob and his agent have been contentious. Mm. What we know is that Bob has two Vesnas and probably wants to be paid top dollar, which is the player's right to ask. And of course wants term and, we also know that the, this Jackets organization doesn't know if this is a goaltender that for sure can play as well in the postseason as he plays in the regular season. Yep. So I think it's it's going to be interesting. Um, we're coming off a game last on Saturday where, unfortunately, the Jackets gave up eight to Tampa Bay <laughs> with Bob in net. So um, recency bias might not help right now, but... Um, <laughs> It's going to be an interesting season. I think what is actually going to be the more interesting variable here is the play of backup Eunice Corpusalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jackets have said they're going to play him more. He's already played twice. And if the Jackets feel like they can play with Eunice as a number one, they have a good goaltender pipeline, and the organization might be more likely to not push for an extension. It, on any given day, the weight of who has the pull kind of switches back and forth between player and organization. So... If he goes, I think the organization can be okay. 
But again, it would just kind of stink to lose a player of that caliber again for nothing from an asset management perspective. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, if you think about like Carey Price, he was the best goaltender in the league and he signed that massive contract and now he's very much not the best goaltender in the league. So I can totally understand why a team wouldn't want to make that kind of a commitment to a goaltender because they're so flaky. You really have no idea year to year how they're going to perform. And Bob is is 30 this year. So, you know, and we all know, and it's not the player's fault that how old he is, but, you know, (laughs) if someone wants an eight-year contract, you're dipping into some risky years there just because of age alone. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you brought up John Tortorella earlier. Um, And one of the things I find most interesting about his tenure in Columbus is I personally didn't think that it was going to last this long Um, because I mean, as I'm sure, you know, he's, you know, kind of a fiery guy and it seems like over the course of his career, he's tended to lose his players rather quickly um, and then lose his job and then move on to the next one. But it seems like in Columbus, he, he hasn't lost the team. He doesn't seem to have lost the room. He seems to be working out well there. Um, Why do you think he's stuck in Columbus and he didn't anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, you alluded to it. He comes by his reputation, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. Um, I do think first and foremost, he's on a little bit of a redemption tour of his own. Mm-hmm. And, and I respect that. Um, I think that why he's worked in Columbus is that Columbus was is such a young team. I think they're still, if not the youngest, the second youngest in the league right now. Um, and honestly, an organization that is still fighting to build a winning tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, They still haven't won a playoff series. So this is a guy who can come in and really demand this organization and these players taking the next step in terms of accountability, in terms of what it takes to be a professional. Um, He's also a guy that just his fire, his defense of the organization, his fight to say we are trying to earn respect in this league, his blunt honesty <laughs> really jives with the fan base here. Oh. He is beloved. I mean, that's just a kind of thing, particularly for fans who followed this organization for a long time and have seen kind of a lot of the downs, to have a guy come out and just tell it like it is and say we need to be better and we need to fight to get respect – Fans eat that up. Um, hmm. If you followed his comments after the Jack Johnson move to Pittsburgh, um, defense of the city, defense of the team, and pride in both is something that really resonates with this fan base. So I think that's huge, too. Um, I don't know that he has a huge, long tenure in Columbus, not just because of the team, but also because of his choice. Um, but for right now, he does seem to be the energy that this group needs. Hmm. Okay, that's actually really interesting. I. And now that I think about it, I kind of feel like that kind of thing would play really well in Philly, too. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) probably. Yeah, Columbus and Philly are kind of, you know, similar, blue-collar, working-class kind of fan bases, so I could could see that. Totally. Yeah, I don't know why that never occurred to me before. Um, Well, we're all blinded by the YouTubes. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just kind of think he's, you know, a lunatic, but... Right. Yeah, there's some redeeming stuff there, too. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that I really like to ask people, because I think it's it's interesting to see what people say, is um, for you to give me an under-the-radar player that might not get a lot of press, that we might not be paying attention to, but that you think could be a game-changer. Sure. This is, this is an easy one. This is a player I've been kind of high on uh, going back to last year. It's a young defenseman um, from Finland named Marcus Nutavara. 
Um, and he is, he was a sixth round pick um, by the Jackets, couldn't even make the competitive leagues, leagues in his own home country, comes over here and last season just lights it up. Um, was hmm. paired with Ryan Murray, respectively, right, relatively yeah. to the team. Yeah. Um, one of the things Torts has brought, and we see this in the league, you guys see it in Philadelphia for sure, is this idea of the active, offensively-minded defenseman. Yep. And Nudavara is fitting into that model perfectly. He is fun to watch. He is smart with the puck. He is fast. And early in this season, there were some injuries that changed the defensive lineup late last year, but he's back with Ryan Murray. That seems to click. And Nudavara is one to watch, in my opinion. He really, I think, can become something special in this league. Oh, okay. That's cool. He sounds a lot like, I don't know, Shane Goss bear for us. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so speaking of the Flyers, are there any particular players that you like to keep an eye on when our teams play each other? <laughs> well, you mentioned him already. As, as, a, as a Jackets team that really looks at our young defensemen uh, like Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski and Nudie, mm-hmm. uh, I do love watching the Provorov, Ghost Despair. Um, they are fun to watch. And for those of us who followed the Jackets for a long time, it is just always great to see Jake Voracek. Great, great yeah. and not great. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we had him here in Columbus in his initial years mm-hmm. and sent him your way. And always just a great guy and it's it's been great to watch his evolution and, and see his talent really kind of blossom so always enjoy seeing Jake if you can s- snag him in the hallway on the way to the locker room during practice or morning skate it's always fun to just say hi to him as well okay that's that's good to know and I want Flyers fans to take note because Jake tends to be a little underrated by Flyers fans which is <laughs> weird because he scores 80 points every year so I'm not really sure why um <laughs> Okay, so as we record this, um, the Blue Jackets are three and two. The Flyers are two and three. Um, obviously, super early in the season to really know what either of these teams are going to be. Um, but what do you expect out of this game? What's your prediction? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think uh, I mentioned the loss to Tampa Bay mm-hmm. that the Jackets had, and they don't play again until they play the Flyers on Thursday. So they're going to come in motivated. Um, they're probably going to come in a little ticked off. <laughs> um, I think that they're going to be energetic offensively. I think that the Flyers might find ways to challenge the Jackets in terms of the Jackets' defense um, with Seth Jones out. So I will say that, that in total the game might have – let's say six to seven goals. Oh, that'll um, be fun. And uh, just because the it's happening across the league too, right? Yeah, let's just yeah. ride the wave. <laughs> uh, so I'll say six to seven goals. Um, and I will say the Jackets come out on top, but it may not be decided till the final minutes that the games between these two teams seem to have a, a prevalence for that kind of thing as a final goal in the last one to two minutes that destroys one fan base and elates the other. <laughs> yeah, that is an extremely Flyers outcome for sure. <laughs> Um, we just yesterday afternoon had that happen against Vegas. It was kind of a defensive battle, the whole game, zero, zero. And then they let in a goal with, I think like a minute 25 left. So yeah, it was one of those games. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to say, I really think it's going to be dependent. The Flyers have a tendency to, to be slow starters. Um, but if they can come out of the gate with a little bit of energy, and play a really sound first 20 minutes, um, I think they might be able to get something done. But I think also, um, I'm assuming it's going to be Bob and Nett. I would assume, yep. Yeah, I think it's also going to depend on how the goaltenders play. Um, we For have, sure. Yeah, we have a game in between. We're playing Florida. Um, 
So we might be playing a backup against you guys, either a backup against Florida um, or Brian Elliott. I'm not sure. But I think that's also going to be a big deal um, because our goaltending has been solid but not perfect. Yeah. So I can see it going either way, which is fun. Always better than a, than a lopsided game like, again, the Jack Attack last night. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so sorry about that. Um, thank you again for joining me. Again, this is Allison Lucan from TheAthletic.com. She covers the Columbus Blue Jackets for The Athletic. Um, thanks very much, and go Flyers! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.